When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Well, Frank Van Haddam joins us now, of course, former uh, legendary all-white, of course, uh, great one of our great goalkeepers and uh, incidentally also uh, ex-New Zealand football chairman. So uh, great man to talk to across the board on a number of issues this morning. Frank, very much, uh, very appreciative of, of you joining us this morning, uh, Frank. It's it's a good time all of a sudden after 700 days of not being able to play. They string a couple of terrific performances together uh, overseas. Uh, what did you make of those performances? I think you undersell yourself. It's a great time. It was, it was such a pleasure to watch a New Zealand team totally comfortable on the ball, committed to attack, um, you know, and, and so many new players just yelling instantly. And uh, I think it's a, it all goes well for the future. So let's uh, break the, the two games down. First of all, I mean, this is a side that Danny Hayes had to drag from, what, 16 or 17 divisions of football around the world. Uh, were you surprised at how, how quickly they seemed to mesh and come together? No, I'm not, because the, if you look at the... Uh, in Tokyo, he had 11 or 12 of those guys there. He's um, In that last tour, he's had a look at a few of them. He knows quite a few from his uh, early days in coaching, particularly in Sacred Heart. So... Um, I think the, in professional football, as you'd know, and in any professional sport, you know, the, these guys are, you know, a lot better prepared than the amateur days. So, you know, they're easy to come in. They're well trained. They're well, you know, they're, they're physically fit. So it's just a matter of them um, coming together and, and getting the personnel right. Danny's been working a lot on culture since he took the job. And like you say, there's been a lot of chat, a lot of, uh, a lot of work done behind the scenes. And to bring in all those what are strange names to a lot of New Zealanders is, is just all the hard work that's been done and, and all these players have been on the radar. And, and that the great thing is there's still a hell of a lot more that weren't involved. You know, this is the unfortunate thing about COVID. You know, none of the uh, New Zealand or Australian uh, boys are involved. But there's still three or four uh, top um, prospects in and around um, European leagues. You know, Winston, um, um, Ryan... Um, you know, the number of guys that have still got to come in. So he's got he's spoiled for choice. And so, you know, this is why it's, it's really, really a great opportunity for New Zealand going forward. Well, as, as always, uh, Frank, when you, you bring squads together, you like to encourage youth because it's part of your development, part of your future, obviously. Uh, what did you make of, of uh, the, the youthful side of, of this, but these two performances, the likes of Nico, Kerwin and co.? Well, it's just not Nico. It's, a, it's a, all the young guys that came in, Champions, you know, Stamnak, you know, the, uh, your couch is carrying on where he left off, you know. I think what it is, is these guys are coming through life now. You know, if you think about it, it's 10 years since uh, South Africa, or 11 years now. So these, a lot of these were young kids were just, you know, going through some of the programs and, um, and have been really living and breathing football for 10, 15 years now and they're still young. And so, they've, you know, they are 
exciting, and so it's not a shock. They're very confident, and that's the key. And, you know, they, they come in, you know, there's no nerves, and they've had some wonderful experiences. So, um, you know, this, this, is, this is why it's, it's really, really positive going forward. He's got spoiled for choice. And there's going to be some really disappointed um, boys going forward who don't make the side that are good enough to have made part and you know, walked into past New Zealand sides. I mean, take the goalkeeping stocks. There's something like five or six mm. goalkeepers that any one of them could be in, in, in the top four. And, um, you know, it's, you know, Ollie Sales um, not, not there at the moment. There's a, a couple of others running around applying the trade. So being spoiled for choice is the best, best way that any coach can uh, prepare a side. So when someone key gets injured, does it really matter? And you know, someone steps in. You know? And the good thing is, is you know, some of these players have had knocks, have bounced back. You know, take Michael Wood, the goalkeeper. You know, he had a horror night in um, in Tokyo, and and Danny stuck with him. And then um, and the next day or the next game, you know, he was a star. And again, he was in this game, did some good stuff. Take Nico, you know, got a little bit of criticism because he must have hit it near the end that uh, led to a goal. Um, and there he comes on, and then he's got faith in him, and Nico's got faith in himself, and you know that's a really cool thing about it. You know, these guys they bounce back very quickly. Okay, on, on the on the by the sounds of it, yeah, you're you're very very uh, positive about this whole deal. Now, um, obviously, the, the the first thing, or the, the first thing on the agenda is to qualify for the next World Cup. We've done it twice, uh, of course. Uh, you've been part of that, and then again in 2010. Uh, do we have uh, the strength in this squad to qualify for the World Cup looking at the pathway ahead? Uh, well, up until recently, I haven't been very confident about New Zealand performances the last you know, four or five, six years, and like the last two, we haven't, haven't seen them. Um, so I'm really excited because of the depth of talent. The other thing, and perversely because of COVID, I think it's an advantage because the qualifiers against the island teams, I understand, is going to be held in the Middle East not all the island teams will go. Because one of the issues we've got, and most of your players in Europe, they've all got contracts and they're all professionals. They have to be released. But it's a damn big ask to fly you know, right around the world and then get back within the window and then get, you know, get a game again on the weekend for your club. And in the past, a lot of players have done that and have lost their positions. Just, you know, right now, they've all got positions and playing in first-team footballers or on, you know, coming off the bench. With, with them going into playing in the Middle East and, and basically having an overseas squad, uh, what what happens is that they've got a lot of availability of players and they're not going to be um, you know travel fatigue. And Danny's pretty much going to have to base himself over there. Um, the sad part is, is a couple of the New Zealand and Australian boys may not may not get over. They still have the, all these restrictions. But what will happen is that they they will get more games in the windows and they'll really talk of. You know, Danny's still over there with his team or his coaching team, so they'll be um, they'll be getting ready for the next window next month. Whereas if it was in New Zealand, the sheer cost of doing that, dragging all these players back, would have been a barrier. The mere fact that we've got more games playing in every window and uh, there's a tournament um, looming for the qualification, then um, then we've got every chance. And we shouldn't underestimate just how tough it is to go to the islands, and we're not going to have to do not at the moment, not have to go to the islands to play. And last time, you know, go back well, 20 years ago, uh, we lost to Vanuatu and uh, we didn't qualify for a World Cup because a number of players made themselves unavailable for, for legitimate reasons at the time. But we didn't take our top team and got caught out. So, you know, all the players will be available. Not only that, all of the players plus a whole lot more are available. So he, he won't be wanting for talent and, um, and he will have some pre-games ready to go and, and qualify. 
and then it'll come down to that um, that qualifier. We don't know who that's um, going to be, um, but we've proven in the past that uh, we quite like those one-off games and um, well, you know those home and away games and yeah. uh, and another huge night ahead for New Zealand football to qualify. So at this stage, uh, Frank, just looking at that, uh, the possibilities. Say, say we did qualify top. Uh, the way I read it at the moment, it's, uh, it's either the fourth place team from the North or Central America or Caribbean uh, zone, the fifth team from Asia, or the fifth team from South America. Uh, what would be, uh, if you look at that, is there a preference there for us? Is there a, is a slightly easier pathway through from those those three ways? Uh. The answer, the answer to the question, you always think there probably is an easier way, but they're not. You know, when you say the fifth team in, um, in um, you know, say South America, you say, oh, gosh, it's, you know, it's Peru. But, you know, they're the fifth team for a reason, you know. <laughs> they're not the top four. They're not the Brazil, Argentina, and whatnot. So so I think at the end of the day, those one-off games, is, 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 it doesn't particularly matter. Um, you know, you'd probably say Asia, Um but even in, in the um, the um, Concacaf, you know, it might be Canada or it might be you know someone like that. They're all teams who have, who have come up before in the past, so that none of that's a surprise anymore. Um, I, I, I've actually got in the habit of saying it doesn't matter who we play as long as we're playing, and, um, and you know there'll be a huge game no matter who they are, and uh, and you know we've we've done it before, and I'm I'm, I'm very hopeful and confident that we could do it again. Chris Wood has be been absolutely amazing. It could be Australia. Yeah, it could be Australia. That, that yeah. would be cool. Um, Chris, Wood is, Chris Wood has been great, hasn't he? Uh, and he's been availably great. It, it's the other thing about it. Uh, he seems to turn up for us on, on a regular basis. But are we too reliant on him? What, what about our um, strike force behind him? Uh, that's a very good question. I mean, Chris, Chris Wood is a genuine superstar, and he's probably not recognised as well as he could be by the New Zealand sporting public. But Man, he's an athlete. He performs on, on you know the top league in, in, in EPL. People should recognise just how tough that is, and he scores goals. And like I say, for New Zealand, he's a rock, and he and he's, you know he's confident he turns up. I think the one positive, like and, and let's let's be fair here, Bahrain were were quite frankly crap. Um, but you still got to you know, and, and were they crap because they would just put a brand new team out, or did we actually stifle them and actually um, make them work and and, and, and show them up? Um, but if you look at the stats, um, and that quite a number of the shots in, the, in that game came from all the other boys around that. You know, Staminek and Chambers had a couple of great chances. Uh, you know, McCurd had a couple. So there's a lots of people in and around prepared to have a go, um, which is something you know that you can say, hey, I'm pretty positive that there's enough talent coming through. Yes, we'd want uh, Woodsy up front because he's an absolute great target man, works well off the ball and, and knows when to turn up in the, in the right places. But it was really good to see you know, people getting forward, getting crosses and getting shots in, and it wasn't always necessarily Woodsy that got it. Frank, uh, can we just put your other hat on? Uh, you were chairman of New Zealand football for quite some time and often there's criticism from those uh, outside of football to say, why can't the All-Whites play more often? Well, I mean, we see this, we get all excited about it, and then there seems to be a lull before the next one. I know it's difficult at the moment because of COVID, etc., to, to organise the logistics around all these things, but in the past, when, when you were heavily involved as the chairman, just how difficult is it to find windows and quality opposition? Uh, well, the history over the last 30 years is in, <clears throat> and longer is that uh, it's damn difficult. One, there's a financial impediment. And, and people don't realise a lot of other teams don't want to come. You know, it's all right saying, oh, you know, why don't they come? You know, why doesn't England come? 
well, quite frankly, because you get a window in FIFA where you have to turn up, but it's a week, you know, so you two days flying over, two days flying back for one game. No one wants to put their team through that. So then you're left with playing, you know, sort of lesser opposition. The crowd doesn't turn up. It's a big cost to bring everyone back. Um, you know, you've got to get in, you know, as I said before, you know, taking Woods, Woodsy. You're taking him away from his club for more than the week. So he's got to miss a club game and no fault of his own. It's just the timing. So it's really difficult. And I think that's one of the, um, the consequences of, you know, our position in, in the world or where we are is um, we have to accept that we don't get to see this top New Zealand play. Um, and, and, and football's funny. They don't want to, you know, the crowd typically doesn't come out for friendlies, you know. There's no, you know, they want to see the real stuff. There's got to be something on it. So when there's something on it, like a qualification, you know, we'll pack out the stadium and, and own football in the airwaves for that, that time. But when, uh, and a good example, after the World Cup in, um, in South Africa, uh, we brought Honduras and um, Paraguay over and... Um, and we couldn't get a crowd. We got 10,000, you know. So the crowd, you know, there was nothing on the game. And so people don't come and see it. So like I said before, the um, the fact that we're going to be playing a lot of our, our stuff in Europe, the team will be playing more. So at least we'll get to watch them on TV and there's some um, good coverage of both games. It's good coverage on the media. We're going to have to just accept that and that when they do infrequently come out, and it's probably not for another, you know, till next year for maybe, I think, June, July, when the playoff might be, um, and that's the only time we might see them in, in New Zealand in the, in the foreseeable future. It's just something we have to accept. Frank, uh, the All Whites were in the news uh, not too long ago. Uh, we had Winton Roofer on the show uh, about uh, the possibility of the renaming. Uh, that got a few uh, people quite excited about the deal. What were your thoughts on that? <laughs> I, I just you know, look at it being used and it's got nothing to do with race and all those other connotations. And I know some people might try and get upset about it, but where do you draw the line? You know, the tall blacks, and, you know, do, do we actually have to rename them? You know, it can't be that because, you know, short people have been disadvantaged. So it's really, it's it's <laughs> just, it's a title for a team, you know. It's no different than the all blacks, uh, the all whites, you know, the silver suit. You know, there's all of this sort of stuff. And I think it was just, um, it comes up every few years and some do, but it wants to do it. I just said to the, um, <laughs> the New Zealand football and the joke, I said, well, good luck with that. And um, I'm sure he doesn't want to particularly do it. But it's a brand. Right? We've seen the brand many times. I mean, you know, your lad played. He was proud to play for the All-Whites. You know, it's it's become a brand. Um, and, and, and history says you, you temper with brands and, and act of peril. So it will be whatever it will be. Um, you, know, you wonder how that will change the name. Um you know, people will still call it the All Whites. It doesn't matter whether they wear all black or whatever suit they wear. It's just a moniker that's stuck. It's an easy thing to associate with. It gives them differentiation. So, uh, you know, I'm quite clear here. I'd love the All Whites to stay. You know, we were part of it when it was coined and um, it just took off. And, you know, you're an All White. You know, you know what an All White is now. And, uh, you know, you're part of the, you know, a sporting um, movement in New Zealand that's, um, you know, really excited New Zealand public from time to time. And uh, change the name at your peril, I say. Good on you, Frank. Uh, Frank Van Haddam there, folks. Uh, thanks so much for your time, your, your input on a, a number of issues around the All Whites uh, and long may they stay that, as you say. Uh, thanks for your time this morning. Jesus, Marie, and good luck with the radio station. I'm loving it. Cheers, mate. Yeah, cheers. Uh, appreciate your support, Frank. We really do.